This is Bite Size History with the Saints. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This is Bite Size History with the Saints. Hi, everyone. This is Megan. And it's Bradley. So we're back this week talking about specifically the bonus recipe we did over the weekend and talking about what's coming up with the Australian recipe this next weekend. So over the weekend, we made these banana fritters. They were amazing. Yeah. It smelled horrible. It, it smelled horrible to make. Uh, so these are like one of our Patreon exclusive bonus recipes under like the dessert category. One of the big things was we had to use normal modern bananas because the one that would have probably been used for a recipe from this time period is definitely extinct. Oh, well, the banana itself is not extinct. It's just... We have bred it to, we've bred it to be what we want it to be. The original banana, the seeds were massive. There was more seed than there was the fleshy part that you would eat. So like all crops, we've selected breeding and we've chosen one generation. The seeds were smaller. Next generation, the seeds were smaller than that. So on until you get what we have today. We've actually bred the banana so much that we're actually causing the banana to go extinct now because it can't protect itself against a lot of the pathogens that kill them. Well, that's fun. Yeah. So um, don't expect to have bananas around for the rest of your life unless we figure out how to fix that problem. (laughs) Yeah, I think the most interesting part about this recipe was actually technically when you make these, they require having baking Uh, baking soda or baking powder in there well baking soda wasn't invented until the 1700s yeah so can't 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 really use that but to be honest it's still they still tasted great they didn't have like a big puffiness it wasn't like you know deep fried oreos yeah it was it was good it was just the smell while they were being fried 
Yeah, we used coconut oil uh, because it's far more accurate. But one thing to note is a lot of these recipes will tell you to use vegetable oil. You have to be very careful if you're trying to stay authentic because there's a lot of vegetables that get blended into that. Yeah, it's become just a catch-all. And that's one of the things that we have to avoid is using things like vegetable oil because you don't know what vegetables go into it. And you think, okay, well, it's just vegetable oil. So what would really matter? Well, it's the whole purpose of this is just to stay authentic as possible. That's the thing. We don't do this because it's fun. We do it because we have to. Also, it is kind of fun. I was going to say, we don't do it because we have to. We do it because we choose to. Nobody's sitting there making us do this. Are you sure about that? I'm pretty <laughs> sure that it's our choice. Oh, that's fair. So talking about what's coming up for the next week, we're going to be moving forward to Australia. And quick disclaimer about what I had said last week. Megan has this tendency that when she gets really excited about something, she doesn't fully read it. So she seen kangaroo and immediately went to, they've got a kangaroo farm where there's kangaroos out wandering around, which, you know, then in of itself, you think is kind of a flawed concept because we live in Canada and, you know, it doesn't exactly get that cold in Australia, but she, uh, she didn't do her full research, found out that it's not a farm. They just sell frozen meat. It, it is uh, a farm. It is a farm. But they just sell the frozen kangaroo meat. So we aren't getting fresh kangaroo, so to speak. And I'm a little disappointed about that. But you know what? I'll take what I can get, seeing as how Australia is on the other side of the globe. Well, we're not even going to go to that one. Um, we're going to go to a butcher shop closer to us who has it also frozen. Because I don't want to drive almost to Niagara Falls. No, nor do I. It's a bit, it's a bit of a trek for us. Oh, that and the highway, motorway, whatever you want to call it. Oh, is gosh. Not great. But that's a story for another time. <laughs> I was going to say, we, we could spend a whole day talking about how terrible it is to drive in the Toronto area. Short story is... They drive like they don't want to live. <laughs> they And they also drive like they don't want anybody else to live either. There, There is no in-between. It is just full crazy or, you know, a safe driver. I was going to say, we there was like a little bit of rain yes, or Sunday or Saturday. And there was a car flipped on the side of the road. We have no idea how it happened, but I'm certain it's just general Toronto. Yeah, it wasn't a lot of rain. <laughs> but back to the kangaroo. Yeah, so we're going to be picking up that this week um, and probably also getting ourselves for our Christmas dinner some quail. That sounds nice. Yeah, she's never had quail before. I keep trying to tell her that there's not a lot of meat on it, but she's determined to try quail. I mean, why not? Maybe we'll get a... I mean, it could be a pheasant, too. They have that. Yeah, yeah. But that's a that's a personal meal. <laughs> that is a personal meal. But we'll still take photos if you guys want to see it. Um, so one of the things that we were kind of afraid we weren't going to be able to find very easily, at least not without having to go to like an Asian market, uh, was taro root. And I actually found it at our local grocery. So interestingly enough, it's called something different when it comes from places like Costa Rica. It's called... It can only be called taro root if it comes from the taro region of France. <laughs> He's only... Jeez, yeah, so they are called um, eridos from like Costa Rica. They're the exact same thing. 
Um, basically, just one thing to keep in mind when we are, you know, making a lot of recipes that are Pacific onwards, they traded. Maybe not as early as you would expect, um, but some of those things moved. And like you have things like coconuts, which we joke and say they migrate, but they kind of well, do. <laughs> coconuts weren't traded. Coconuts can float in the ocean for months upon months and be just fine. Then they land up on a beach, they get covered up, and all of a sudden you have yourself a palm tree. That's one of the reasons that we cannot actually figure out where coconuts actually originated from is because they're just they're found all across the globe and it's because they don't care about salt water they, they don't care about anything they don't care about your feelings they'll fall <laughs> off of a tree and clonk you on the head i was gonna say coconuts are hardcore they are <laughs> hardcore yeah <laughs> but that's kind of the big thing is with a lot of these foods it's going to be, you're going to see it more and more as we get to move to South America towards the end of the month. Um, some of the elements of these things will continue to grow. But since we're not going into um, post-colonialism, you're not going to see like the massive trade that emerged. It's just kind of like, you know, when we were doing uh, specifically like Thailand and Indonesia, you got to see it switching from just trade with China to trade with the whole Middle East and everybody else. In the Americas, you get quite a bit of trade before uh, colonization. Yeah. Especially like maize. It was, it originated in northern, central, south, north. It originated in like Mexico, Texas area. And, you know, you find maize all across the United States. And it's because it grows well. You can grow a lot of it in a very small area and at the end of the day it it feeds a lot of people got got a quite a bit of calorie to it yeah and that's kind of the big thing is you're going to notice more and more that it's not that the trade didn't happen it's just very regionalized it's this idea that like well how we see food now where it's like you know at any given point in canada i can get an avocado that doesn't that that wasn't a thing well, i like, mean when you had to walk everywhere you know, you didn't have even a horse-drawn cart. Yeah. And you were just walking. I was like, I'm not going to walk all the way up here just to take and give somebody, you know, a fruit that they can trade me a pine cone, I guess. <laughs> I don't really know what Canada... Maple syrup? Well, you can technically get that in a lot of North America, as long as there's maple trees grown. Yeah. So it's like, I, I don't really know what you would get from... Furs. Furs, but that's not till the French. Yeah. The French used and abused that system. <laughs> and then they... No, I'm not getting into it. Nope, don't, don't, <laughs> don't get into it. Let's not get into fur trade today. <laughs> There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? 
boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Man, we've, we've done some dangerous ground. Toronto driving and fur traders. Yeah. Ugh. But... That's kind of the big thing, and that's what we're going to have a lot of fun with, especially as we get to South and North America, is just going to be how this kind of expanded, especially in a region where they didn't have horses. Their mode of transportation was their two legs. and Or a boat or a uh, boat. dugout canoe. Yeah. And, you know, that's all you really had. Yeah. And it, it's like it was, you know way back when all across the world you know none of us immediately learned how to tame the wildlife we walked everywhere and that's why we tended to stay more local and when we did migrate it was following a food source it was following a herd and we'll see a lot of times in migrational patterns of hunter gatherers they loop back in on themselves because they're following a herd and that herd is following a predestined you know, route that they're, they've always followed. So you, you start to take and see a lot more local, but then once, you know, you do get that horse strong carriage, so to speak, you do start to see a little bit more branching out and then you start to take and get new technologies that branch out from there and so on and so on. Well, and you might be thinking to yourself, well, South America had, you know, llamas and alpacas. You can't really ride those. And, no, you, and they were used for local transport. Yeah. They would, you know, put saddlebags on them, so to speak, and use them to transport goods around their area. But yet again, they are still a creature that needs rest. <laughs> and if they get angry with you, they let you know it. They really do. So it's like you're not going to take them and go, okay, we're, we're going from Peru all the way to Canada. Could you imagine that route? No. Because <laughs> I doubt the llama would make it. I think the llama would end up killing the owner before the end of that. Or the owner would kill the llama. Yeah, that's true. That's one of the big things to always keep in mind with uh, domesticated animals with us in history. We eat them a lot. Yeah, that's um, the thing. Dogs were a food source. Cats were a food source. In times, especially, you know, back in hunter-gatherer times... The dogs were believed to have been bred for alert purposes. Um, so the dog would be the first response to a noise. But at the same time, they weren't exactly companions. They were there, they served a purpose, and then they were eaten. And we don't like to think of that nowadays because, you know, we look at dogs and we go, hey, that's my best friend. <laughs> But for the vast majority of human history, they were food. I was going to say, see our upcoming Instagram story of Mooka and be like, I don't think she'd really worth, be worth eating. But we've really, we've really hurt dogs. Yeah, we, we've definitely, um, we, we've definitely, they have to have sweaters now. <laughs> but that's the thing is that we, as, you know, as species, have to survive and we will do anything in our power to survive. 
And if that means, you know, you eat this fuzzy little creature, you eat this fuzzy little creature. It's just the way things are. Yeah, so stay posted on that. I mean, part of me would... We're not eating the dog. No, we're not going to eat the dog. <laughs> you made it sound like we're... No, I was thinking... <laughs> we're going to do what we have to do to survive, and Megan's like, stay posted. No, I was, I was thinking in the sense of, like, when we get to, like, South America and stuff, some of the things, like, I don't believe we can eat guinea pig. Well, I don't know. Where, I, I mean, we can't go to the PetSmart and purchase a guinea pig. <laughs> Could you imagine that? Oh, my God. Oh, no. are you so excited to see your furry little friend? Yeah, it's dinner tonight. <laughs> I don't think that's going to go over well. I don't think they would sell us the pet. No. But it's, you know, we'll have to have conversations about, like, you know. There might be some place. Yeah, but I don't think we're going to eat guinea pig. Well, I mean, I wouldn't mind. See, that's the thing. I got to try guinea pig once at a Peruvian restaurant when I was in at a work trip in California. He's never gotten to have it. And so since, he's been like, I need to eat this. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like, I don't know. It's just this weird drive I have. Um, there, I, I can't explain it. I, I need to eat a guinea pig. It's <laughs> <laughs> quickly turning into the episode of It's Always Sunny when they think they ate human meat. And they're yeah. like, I need this. This is this is turning in quickly into we, we are going to lose a whole lot of subscribers real quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably, probably not uh, ever going to do any of that. But um, yeah, so that's going to be the biggest thing is just kind of, you know, planning through. But for now... It's kangaroo meat this next week. Mm-hmm. New Zealand, I'm imagining we're probably going to do fish. Probably. Um, need to look more into what the wildlife would be like in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Um, kangaroo's easy to get because it's an abundant thing. and They're like deer, except they run around on two feet and attack dogs. No, they'll attack anything. They really will. <laughs> but it's an abundant thing. And same thing with like, you know, emu. Yeah. So emu or ostrich? Ostrich it's, comes from Africa. Africa. It's yeah. emus. Emus. Sorry. Big birds confuse me. <laughs> but it's just uh, finding the foods, especially as we get further away from, you know, where we're at, it gets more difficult. But we're going to be start coming back towards where we're at. So foods, theoretically, should become easier to get. But for some reason, I find that a lot of times foods that naturally grow here, we aren't able to get because either they've put laws into place to protect us, so to speak, which is fine, or it's fallen out of the cultural zeitgeist of something that we can eat. Yeah. And it's no longer seen as a food source. It's now just seen as a plant that you put in your garden. Well, and there's also the the third option where they have been basically kind of promoting growth of not quite invasive, but like soybeans, because that gets used in a lot of different things. Yeah. And so the things that we would typically grow here that grow well, we haven't really been planting in mass. No. And it's it's an issue. And it's one of those things that in some ways we do need to take and start backing away from the globalization of the food and start thinking more locally so that we can actually stay you know self-sufficient and we can actually in some ways protect the planet because you know as it is the planet is being used and abused this is the only one we've got and if we don't do something 
you know, we're not going to be able to eat food. And food's amazing. <laughs> we do love food. I do. I do love food. You can see it in my belly. <laughs> so my big old round belly. Oh, jeez. So from there, that's really all we have this week. We're mostly just going to be focusing on getting the recipe ready for um, this weekend, mm-hmm. picking up ingredients. Um, and then from there, planning out for New Zealand and also thinking of a dessert for Australia. I have a feeling it's berries and honey. Probably. Yeah. Honey is usually a really safe choice because, you know, bees are around the globe. You know, except for bees? like Australia or not Australia. <laughs> Antarctica. <laughs> except for Australia. We're totally bullish. Yeah. But I mean, you, you have flowers, you've got bees. So honey is usually a pretty safe choice and it's very calorie dense. Uh, it's a good source of nutrition, um, and it's a nice little treat. And that's why our ancestors would go out of their way to harvest honey. You know, if that meant you, you, you send the uh, guy that you don't like up the tree <laughs> because he might get stung a few times and fall off the tree, at least you get some honey and you get some entertainment. Most important things. Yeah. So honey's always a safe choice for a dessert and it's usually you know what do you put the honey on so now i'm craving kfc dinner rolls oh my goodness yeah i haven't thought about those in forever i know i'm fat see we should have a side like a side blog where we instead of talking about all of these historical and healthy foods we just like talk about all the terrible fast food that we are going to put into our bodies because i have been dying for some taco bell yeah, nobody wants to hear that. Some people do. Nobody wants to hear your musings about your uh, <laughs> 2 a.m. Taco Bell run oh. and your 3 a.m. toilet run. <laughs> nobody wants to hear that. You don't tell them about the 3 a.m. run. Oh, no. Everybody knows. it's it, You're eating Taco Bell. You have the toilet run right afterwards. Full stop. There's no exception. There are no exceptions. Oh. And it's, it's the best laxative you'll ever have. <laughs> And surprisingly cheaper than actual laxatives. Yeah, I was going to say, they're pretty price conscious. Yeah. So, yeah, so from there, that's really all we have this week. Um, I hope you guys are enjoying the podcast. And let us know if there's any questions or feedback you have between this and the site. And if you are enjoying the podcast, make sure to give us a nice review on, like, Apple or Google. And, yeah, share us with your friends and family because we're nice, we think. Mm. No, we, we, we do this because we enjoy it and we hope you enjoy it. Yeah. So have a fantastic week, guys. Take it easy. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.